I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are a Paranormal Chicks. Episode 225. Staying alive, staying alive. Uh, 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 uh. I can't go up that high. <laughs> so I was on the way home from work today. And as Colby and I always do, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? Uh, I don't know. What does Donna want for dinner? Like, you know, nights we record, like it's like a, a trio decision of nothingness. But he goes, well, I'll tell you what I want. And I'm like, oh, God. What do you really, really want? Yeah. He said, I want fried pork chops, rutabagas, and cornbread. I said, well, you have to call your mom. I don't even know what the fuck a rutabaga is. <laughs> it's orange, isn't it? Or is it? I don't fucking know. I think it's orange. I said, is it like a potato or like a turnip? He said, kind of like a turnip. Yeah. Um, I don't I'm, fucking know. <laughs> I've never seen them in the wild, but I've seen them like chopped up and stuff. Like in real life or on uh, Food Network? Uh, Food Network. Okay. <laughs> I said, you guys to call your mama for that meal because I don't even fucking know what you're talking about. I can't remember if it's actually like orange or if it's the white. I, I don't know. It's one of, it's one of those roots. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm like, I can get you to go. <laughs> does, someone, does somebody make that? Can I, can I go get you something somewhere else? I mean, right. Oh, and guess what? Well, you know this. Oh, what? Y'all, I had fucking salmonella again. Oh, <laughs> I do know that. <sighs> Holiday weekend, and this bitch gotta get salmonella. And at one of our favorite restaurants, like one we go to like every single week, sometimes twice a week, my chicken wasn't done. I was halfway through my chicken sandwich, and I was like, cool, that's not cooked. Eight hours later, I'm dying. Ugh. But have no fear. It is not like it was last time. No, no, no. No pick line. No foot surgery. None of that needed for fucking salmonella. And then she's already ate chicken again. Yeah, but not like that. Okay, okay don't talk about it. <laughs> You're the one who brought Stop it up. It, don't talk about it. You can't talk about what I've eaten. <laughs> she can talk about what she ate. I can't talk about what she's eaten. Exactly. <laughs> okay, okay. Because I can't think about it. Like No, I get it. Well, Tiffany and I watched the challenge finale last night, and since COVID's been a thing, they really didn't do the eating challenges, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I love it, because, you know, that gets me. I can't, mm-mm, oh, one, I don't like gross stuff, but two, to see them throw up, I can't. Well, I guess now that COVID's like, still going, still going on, but it, everything's more relaxed. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know what? We're going to bring that challenge back. Uh, for 10 minutes, not really, but like five minutes, I'm looking at Tiffany with my cover over me because I can't. Like, just tell me when I can look. Like, mm-hmm. I can. Mm-mm. And at one point, I was like, I'm sorry, I have to talk a little bit. Like, I had my ear plugged. And I was like, because if you weren't here, I would have fast forwarded through this, but I really cannot hear them. So I'm just like, hmm, hmm, hmm. But I was like, there is no way. That would be my breaking point. I mean, uh-huh. not that I could do everything else, but like, let's just say I could. That right there, I'm not. Ooh. Okay, I can't talk about it because, whoo. But what I can talk about, Patreoners. Woohoo. Thank you, Madeline J from Indiana. Christina G from Michigan. JP from Unsure. Yes, and Stacy S from unsure we need both of y'all's addresses if you want all the good good you know the stickers and the thank you letter and that's not all they get don't forget members of patreon get an extra episode every single week plus bloopers plus a facebook well we've kind of been trying youtube live some sort of live every single month with us 
So that's a lot of extra content. So if you're like, man, I'm catching up. I don't want to be called up. Well, head on over to Patreon because there is a shit ton in the backlog. You can listen forever. Yeah, we do things like Milk Carton Mini, I Survived. And then just a regular old bonus episode that we switch up. Sometimes true crime, sometimes paranormal. Mm -hmm. So if you want in on that action, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, I have something that has nothing to do with uh, anything in this episode or this podcast. But I was looking for a story and I came across this article on allthatsinteresting.com. And it was about something called the terror of Operation Wandering Soul. So I was like, must peruse this article. And you know, when I learn something, y'all have to learn it too, even though like probably half of y'all know this. And it kind of deals with like the spiritual paranormal side of things. So it like ties into our podcast with like a really thin bare thread. A thin veil, if you will. Ooh, look at you. I listen sometimes. (laughs) In the Vietnamese culture, a proper burial is very important. And the location is too. It says that it needs to be close to their birthplace. That's what the article said anyway. All the information I have is from this article because it was just one of those like by happenstance I fell upon it. Anyway, so it will ensure that their afterlife is, you know, like 100 chef's kiss if they are buried by their birthplace or probably their home, you Mm -hmm. know, just not far off. But if they're not given the proper burial, their soul is believed to wander aimlessly as it tries to find its way home. Well, the U.S. troops were like, oh, okay, well, now let's like we know this information. So let's play with their minds and fuck them up a bit. So they started with this psychological mindfuckery of Operation Wandering Soul. It was the 6th Psychological Operations Battalion. And they started broadcasting some tapes throughout the Vietnam jungle. Now, these tapes had disembodied sounds like moans and groans and like ghostly sounds. And they even had some of their South Vietnamese allies record messages like they were from beyond the grave. And these people would plead with the soldiers to give up the fight. And they would say things like, my friend, I have come back to let you know that I am dead. I am dead. And then don't end up like me. Go home, friends, before it's too late. Well, these tapes were played over a series of loudspeakers or dispatched from the overhead planes. And it actually convinced over like hundreds of soldiers to flee from the jungle. Damn. Yeah, and so I never knew about this. And obviously, psychological warfare is a thing. But it's just like, I don't know, eye-opening when you learn tactics and stuff. And then it just made me sad because I was thinking about these people out in a war, but also in the jungle at night hearing these, like... I could not imagine. No, these terrifying sounds that they truly believe in, Mm -hmm. you know, because it plays off of their beliefs. Right. And so just having to hear that but then it also like it I don't know everything about that just gave me anxiety but then it's like also when you look at it you're like that's really smart though but that is your history lesson for today so if you knew it kudos to you if you didn't that is just I don't know I just wish they would teach stuff like that in high school too like Mm -hmm. because that would have made it more interesting right than to learn just the facts that 
just hey hey lbj <laughs> yes so on to your story <laughs> okay well now i gotta follow that up <laughs> okay so the other night i was going to bed as i do you know all the time and the tamron hall show was on i think it's like dateline with tamron hall love her anyway and there was like this little bitty segment about the story i'm gonna do tonight and i was like oh well let me look at that well turns out there's tons of shit about this like a lifetime movie like a two-hour dateline i mean all kinds of shit so i know that this is so i know i'm probably gonna barely scratch the surface on this because there's so much to this story but i'm gonna do the story of elizabeth Schof. so picture it september 6 2006 we're in Beaufort, South Carolina. 14-year-old Elizabeth Schof had just gotten off the school bus. She's walking to her house when a guy who is, like, dressed like a police officer walks up to her and stops her. And she's like, what the, what the what? And he basically tells her that there's, like, this marijuana charge on her. And she's like, what? Like, what? Uh, okay. And he handcuffs her. But he doesn't put her in a police car. He takes her on this winding and weaving path, walking into the woods. Oh, no. And eventually, Elizabeth, who a lot of things says she goes by Lizzie, gets turned around and has no idea where she is. But eventually, they make their way to this area, and he opens the door to a bunker. Oh. You know this one now? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know know it, but I've, like, the girl in the bunker. Yes. Yeah. Like, literally, that's the name <laughs> that's of the, the name lifetime. Of but, yeah. <laughs> I know that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know it. Yeah, you know what I mean? literally the name of the lifetime movie. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Lizzie, I totally would get discombobulated, too, walking around. Because uh, it doesn't matter if you hand me a compass in the woods. I would not be able to find my way out of anything. Hell no. Honestly, if you handed me GPS and I had to look at where I was going, it would take me a lot. Like, it would take me someone else being there to help me do it. For sure. Colby, you could stick him in the woods and he'd find his way out. Me, Mm -hmm. stick me in the woods and I'd just sit there. (laughs) As soon as they got to the bunker, the fake police officer forced Elizabeth or Lizzie to strip down from her clothes and, of course, unfortunately, raped her. He then put a chain around her neck and threatened to kill her and her family if she tried to escape. Oh, my gosh. And obviously, he knows where you live. Right. He also told her that he had explosives, like, rigged up around the bunker, so if she tried to escape... Like, booby-trapped, basically. So, if she tried to escape, that they would detonate and hurt her. And the same thing, too. If people came to try to rescue her, the same thing. These booby traps would detonate. And it seemed like he even had, like, this explosive that he would put around her neck to be like, see, if you do something, like, I will hurt you. Like, he was really instilling that fear in her. Like, if you do not obey me... You are going to die and the people you love. Yeah. And whomever's coming to save you. So as time is passing, Lizzie is having some moments where she's able to be kind of by herself. And then he 
every couple of hours, he comes back to rape her again. And it's just over and over and over. So Lizzie does what I don't know how any person, period, much less a 14-year-old can do, is she starts to try to play his game. Like, she starts to try to get him to be comfortable with her so that maybe he will let her go or he'll give her some more privileges or whatever. Because at this point, it's been a few days. Now, her family is wanting to know where she is. They've started searching and all the things. But a couple of things I saw said that at first place, we're treating it kind of like a runaway. And I don't, I only saw that a couple of places. And I don't really know at what point they like switched it to be, oh wait, no, she's like really missing. But they start But there's tons of volunteers, the police, helicopters, all the things searching for her. And Lizzie can like hear the people above her, like walking around looking for her. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, she had to be like hopeful, but then scared. Because she's scared they're going to, the booby traps. Mm -hmm. So the person that is holding Lizzie captive in this bunker is Vincent Filia. And that's V-I-N-S-O-N. So you don't think it's, I'm just saying Vincent, really weird. So aside from the fact that old fucking Vincent has her held in a bunker, he's a really shitty person. Oh, I couldn't tell. I mean, duh, but I'm saying like, aside (laughs) from that, like, this isn't his first foray into illegal dealings. Mm -hmm. I found this A&E article that talked a little bit about his past. So his dad died of alcoholism when he was just a baby. And by the time Vincent was a teenager, he was drinking seriously heavily. Seriously heavily. But he was drinking a lot. Like to the point where it probably did cause some brain damage. But not long before he kidnapped Lizzie, he was in trouble because he was accused of sexual assault on his girlfriend's 12-year-old daughter. Oh my gosh, gross. So the little girl was moved to foster care. And so basically from there, his victim who was always there was gone. So the plan became, well, let's find someone else to replace the first victim that he lost. Air quotes around lost. So basically he hung out in the woods, you know, by Lizzie's neighborhood, always hunting for a victim. So It wasn't like he had her specifically picked out. It was a, like, pre-planned crime of opportunity, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Because he had bunkers, and those bunkers were stocked with food, guns, and explosives. You know, he wanted to not only find somebody, kidnap them, but if the police came in the vicinity, he did want to destroy them. So, day after day, Lizzie is living this life in this bunker where she is being tortured. But what she started to do was to pretend like she enjoyed the sexual assault. She started to pretend like she liked it and she liked him because he would always call her baby and that kind of thing. So she was like, well, I'm going to mirror what he's doing and I'm going to call him that and pretend like, again, like I said, that So she's like, I'm going to mirror that, pretend like I like it and say all the things he's saying. And, and she noticed that the more she did it, the less forceful, aggressive that he was. He wasn't, I mean, he's still raping her and it's still 
fucking terrible, but it wasn't as painful. It wasn't as aggressive. He wasn't yelling as much. He wasn't as physically abusive to her as he was when she tried to fight or when she pretended like she didn't enjoy it. When she was truthful about it. Absolutely. Did I say pretend like she did enjoy it or didn't? I thought you said didn't. Oh, no. She was pretending like she did. Sorry. Yeah. I, may, I think I misspoke. I might, might have misheard. Well, le- glad we clarified that, though, because uh, <laughs> the girl was pretending she liked it. She didn't fucking like it. Yeah. I thought you... See, this is why me and Carrie will get in a fight, because, see, she thinks she misspoke on that, but I thought you misspoke on the same thing, but that... You were saying that she pretended that she didn't like it. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That, that would definitely have been a mistake. Yeah. So, but that's what... Yes. <laughs> we're both at the right part that she might have messed up on, but two totally different yes. sides of it. That's our lives. <laughs> Just to be clear, she did not like it. No. But again, she's so fucking smart. So, he totally starts to believe her. And he starts to give her some leniency. He starts by letting her sleep unchained. And then he starts by letting her go on walks with him and actually get out of the bunker. Well, again, she's terrified of the booby traps. So when he takes her on these walks, she's not going anywhere because she doesn't know what's around her. One, she doesn't know where she is. But two, what's he got hidden? He had a fucking bunker hidden. Right. But the more they walk, she does kind of see like where she's at though. Like she's, she's starting to be like, oh, okay, wait, I know that. Okay. You know, she's able to start putting the pieces together. But where she's really fucking smart is at one point, some stuff I said, I read said that she did this um, when he first took her into the bunker, but some stuff was like later when he would take her on walks, she like ditched her shoes in the woods so that Mm. maybe somebody would find the shoes. She would take strands of her hair and like put it on branches on the trees so that if the dogs were looking for her, it would pick up and pick up her scent. Then it would be able to find her on that path. Like that is so fucking smart. Yes. But she did such an amazing job of gaining his trust even more that he had like all these like burner phones and he would let her play games on these he phones. He is such a, he is a real sweetie pie. He, I mean, he really is. I mean, she got to play Snake. <laughs> so he lets her play these games and she starts trying to send out text messages. And this is why you have to know someone's phone number right here. I don't care if it's your best friend. I don't care if your husband. I don't care if it's your, your girlfriend. I don't care if it's your, your greasy, greasy granny. I don't give a fuck who it is. You need to know one person's damn phone number. So if you're ever in these situations, you can text someone. Yep. Because I was thinking about that. I was like, damn, good thing she knows her mom's number. But like, because so many people don't know people's phone numbers. So you need to learn someone's. Yeah, if you're in my life, mm, anytime in the recent, look, I know your number. I know, I used to know, I know Tiffany's old number. Right, I, yeah, I could tell you Tiffany's old number probably right now. I can't, like I'm seeing it, it in my 606, head. six, and then I can't remember the rest. Then it's stupid numbers that don't exist anymore yeah. that I know. But like yours, my brother's, and I think that's really it. Yeah, okay, so I, I have made myself learn Colby's. But I know my mom's because my phone number has been the same since college. Like, since, like, freshman year of college. I have had one phone number. (laughs) And anybody fucks that up, I'm going to be pissed. (laughs) So my mom and me got, well, and my dad, too, before he passed, we got all our phones together when I was in college. 
And so all of our numbers are similar. So I know theirs by heart. Yeah. Um, I know Colby's, like I said, because I had to learn. And I know yours because Donna's changed numbers a few times. But I know Donna's because we use it for our rewards at Michael's <laughs> because she gets discount. Somehow she's a teacher in their system. Shh. Nobody fucked that up for us either. Don't tell anyone. That's bad, right? <laughs> Should we cut that? I don't know. Uh, Fuck it. I haven't even stopped there in a while. So. Me neither because who got money? But... <laughs> But that's why I know Donna's, because I can be like, when they're like, what's your phone number? And I can tell her. <laughs> <laughs> One time I was like, how did I get so much off? I don't know how you got that discount, but... We did spend a lot of money there. Yeah, I did too. I spent just as much as you. Why didn't I get that? Well, I don't know. And you're the butthole one time that left a whole buggy because they wouldn't do something. They wouldn't add match. And you said, well, I ain't taking that. I'm thing. not taking it. Because <laughs> they, were, they were rude. They were rude. Like, I would have put my stuff back, but if you're going to be rude, I'll be rude, too. Okay. And it was close to closing, too. But whatever. But we spent a lot of money there. And I swear, they're probably like, I think it just got mixed up or something. I don't know. But whoever that person is, is an angel. Not all heroes wear capes, okay? Some give you an extra 20% off at Michael's. (laughs) (laughs) So Lizzie's sending text after text praying that they go through but she doesn't know for sure anything's going through and I keep I always think about that like how she do that like because you know sometimes it'll be like like it'll give you like a sound Mm -hmm. or like okay so you got to delete it because if he sees that message on there yeah you're gonna be in trouble but if you delete it it won't keep trying to send you know yeah so I I always kind of wondered like how'd you do that see this is where it comes in bad that I know Carrie's number because if it's sleepy time she got her on Do Not Disturb. If it was my cell phone, it would ring because I'm in your favorites. Yes. But if if it's a burner thing. But if you call two times in a row, it rings. But what if I don't know what's going through and stuff and I might not have two chances. Okay, well, she wasn't calling. She was sending texts. Well, texts you wouldn't hear either. That's true. <laughs> I'm sorry about you. Don't get lost at night. <laughs> I liked this one article I found, and it was written by one of the detectives. Because the detective said that Vincent became a victim of reverse Stockholm syndrome. Ooh. I don't. I I love that concept. I don't like to say that he's a victim he's of it victim. because fuck yeah. him. But he I, fell prey. Yeah, I do love though. Like it was like revert. Like he started to really believe that Lizzie cared about him and wanted what was best for him and. He kind of started to fall in love with her because, you know, she would talk about like their life outside of the bunker and like we can run away and we can do all these things and I'll be with you and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right. But for some people, that's not hard to do because not taking anything away from Lizzie because that's amazing that she did that. But some people who do take people, especially if it's like someone that they've been stalking or whatever. Mm-hmm. They believe they love them. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, um, that's called something. That the, like, especially if they do it to like a celebrity. They think that like the celebrity doing their bangs back is like a signal to them yeah. or whatever. While all this is going on in the bunker, like I said, police are looking everywhere for Lizzie. They've got helicopters and news has picked this up. And it's like big, big news that Lizzie's missing and they're trying to find her. And so they have a little TV where they're watching the news. So Vincent can try to keep up with like where they're looking and all the things. Well, while all that is going on, one of the texts to Lizzie's mom 
goes through. And her mom gets the message and it says, Hi mom, I'm in a hole across from Charm Hill where the big trucks go in and out. There's a bomb. Call police. Oh my gosh. And the mom immediately knew it was Lizzie. She didn't think it was a prank. She was like, nobody's got my number. Like, this is her. Like, I know it's her. Yeah. So she takes it to police and they're like, this is either like the best break we're ever going to get or it's a cruel, cruel joke and somebody's pranking us. But they're like, who gives, well, not who gives a fuck, but they're like, either fucking way, we're going to go check this out. So they're looking and guess what? It leaks to the news stations that a text message went out. No. So he finds out from the news footage that she sent a text. Are you flipping kidding? Who leaks that? How does that get out? Like that is like top secret need to know only. And leaking that could literally get her killed. Yes. Like literally you are taking someone's lives in your hand by doing that. Just to get this news out. Just to make that headline. Because just breaking that doesn't do anything for the case besides damage it. Right. It doesn't do anything, but you think you're getting more ratings and stuff. Mm -hmm. But like, that is like, wow. I mean, how do you like, I, I feel like I've done a story before where like a news place got that information and maybe I just saw it on something and they sat on it. They're like, we're not releasing this. That yeah, really, I think you have. I really feel like I have where they were like, um, no, like have a little fucking integrity. Yeah, that can come out when she's found and she's home safe. Right. Don't release that before. And again, you're putting her in danger. It does. It's doing nothing to your fucking ratings. It's doing nothing for anybody's anything other than, especially in that moment, mm-hmm. other than putting her in danger. Because it's not like, oh, you broke that. We're going to give you, here's your raise or here's your promotion. You're going to be the new nighttime anchor. Right. It's not what's going to happen. Maybe after it's all said and done, but after it's all said and done and you've caused someone's death, fuck yeah. you. No, you're not getting that promotion after that because they would boycott the station then. So Vincent finds out through the media that she had gotten a text out. Kind of while this is happening, too, Vincent's ex-girlfriend shows them where he had built his first bunker. So they're kind of getting in that area. They're kind of starting to figure this out. And at this point, it has been 10 days. Oh, my gosh. So when he figures it out, he's like pissed at her and is like, I'm sure, how could you have done this to me? Like, I thought we were, you loved me, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you need to run away. You need to run away so that they don't catch you. So she actually convinces him to leave to avoid being captured by police. Holy shit. She saved her own life right there. Yes. And then she crawled her way, you know, gave him some time to get away. So basically it was like the next morning, crawled her way out of the bunker. And while she was like walking in like the woods area, the police found her. Wow. Even when she's found, she's so smart and she's so selfless. And she's telling police like, wait, 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 be careful. Like there's booby traps around here. Like, Please, please, please be careful. And even when she gets taken to the hospital, she is so worried about the police safety and all of that, that she's telling them like, he took a gun with him, you know, just be careful. He's, you know, giving them all the information, giving them all the information and not even like being tended to herself. 
So, of course, this starts a huge manhunt for Vincent. But it wasn't very long. September 17th, 2006, they found him walking along a highway. He had a pellet gun, a knife, and night vision goggles. And he was only like a few miles from the bunker. So, he pled guilty to kidnapping and rape for more than a week, and he was sentenced to 421 years in prison. Wow. His release date would be May 18th, uh, 2353. Wow. So... Is he still alive? Well... Uh, no, he died May 3rd of 2021, and there was, from what I can find, there's no, like, nothing says his cause of death. Like, everything's like, it has not been determined, it has not been determined. So, I'm like, did he die of COVID or something, and they don't want to say? Mm. That's what I kind of guess, but what do I know? Because I'm, like, a little conspiracy theorist, like, right. they're trying to keep, like, in places like prison, they're trying to keep the numbers down because they don't want to be yeah. sued by family members. Um, who knows? I literally have nothing to base that on. Um, it's just the timing. But Lizzie went on to graduate from college and she works as a dental assistant and she's living her life. She said it simply takes faith. It takes talking to someone and encouragement that it's not the end of the world. Wow. Wow. That girl is strong. I mean, strong as fuck. Like smart. Yeah. Like quick. Like, street smarts. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she's book smart, too. Yeah. She graduated from college and had all the things she's doing. Not that she had to be, whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. But, like, she fucking <laughs> yeah. street smart. Like, she's got that, like, survival instinct yes. that you just you just have or you don't. Yeah. I mean, she's it's like true. Aladdin. Yeah, survival of the fucking fittest. <laughs> One jump. Man, I'm a bit, man. Uh, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we go any further, we have to talk about our friend who's back Jim Harold. He may not know he's our friend, but like he our friend. Mm-hmm. We will find you. And he's back with more podcasts. Good, good with Jim Harold's Campfire. We know that you like the strange, weird, and unexplained. And we know that you would love Jim Harold's Campfire. Also, we also know you love our Sinister Sightings episodes. And in that same vein, on Campfire, Ordinary people come on and share their extraordinary stories of encountering the paranormal. It could be ghosts, UFOs, cryptids, or just a dang head scratcher of what the heck is that? Right? Anything supernatural. And that's right up our alley. And I know it's right up y'all's. We know a lot, don't we? Sounds like it. Y'all should stick around. (laughs) But after us, go check out Jim because he has been podcasting since the early days of podcasting. And he recently celebrated the lucky lucky number 13 anniversary of Jim Harold's campfire. Y'all know, keep it simple. And that's exactly what this podcast does. It keeps it simple. It's Jim talking to regular people about strange stuff that happens to them for 90 minutes every week. And we know y'all love long episodes. And long other things. But... The thing is, you don't have to worry about, you know, a lot of spooky music or anything like that. It's a person who experienced that sinister or unexplained sighting themselves. So you get to hear it from their own words. So no fanfare with stuff like ghost stories involving serial killer Ted Bundy or a young man who encountered an eight-legged 
demon. There was even a story of an alien abduction by what may have been a reptilian. So do us a personal favor. Tune in to Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. And when you do, let him know a paranormal chicks sent you. That's Jim Harold's Campfire. My story today is a bit of Slavic folklore. So there's basically a story, Brother Grimm style, but not them. And it's this evil stepmother who kicks her stepchildren out of the house. So the brother and the sister, they go into the woods and wander around aimlessly, losing hope with each step until they found a strange hut in the woods. Now, they were overjoyed that they might have found help, but also, this hut was weird as fuck. It's standing on chicken legs. Well, they don't let the chicken legs scare them off. They enter the house, and inside they find an old woman, a grandmother type, and she tells them that if they satisfy all of her wishes, she'll reward them. But if not, she'll eat them. And no, this is not the tale of Hansel and Gretel. This is a tale of Baba Yaga. There's another story that I want to tell you. It's the most popular with Baba Yaga. And, you know, I'll, then I'll tell you the deets on her. And I'm not going to tell you word for word the story. You know, I'll donavize it. But did you just make yourself an adjective? I did. Verb, noun, pronoun, <laughs> something. But this is a tale of Baba Yaga and Vasilisa the Beautiful. A long, long, long ass time ago in northern Russia lived a family, a father, a mother, and a daughter named Vasilisa. They lived in a small hut at the edge of a dense forest. They didn't have a lot, but they had each other. But one day, their happy, quaint life was turned upside down because the mom became ill and she knew she was going to die. She called her daughter, Vasilisa, to her bedside and gave her a doll. It was small and her mother told her, do as I tell you, my child, take good care of this little doll and never show her to anyone. Put it in your pocket and when you're worried, give the doll something to eat and it will always help you. After Vasilisa agreed, her mother closed her eyes and passed away. Well, that sounds like uh, you just give you something to eat and you'll help. <laughs> me too. Who am true, I kidding? True, 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 true. But then I'm like, oh, my belly's full. Hold on. <laughs> Let me wait 15 minutes. Yeah, I got to digest a little bit before I can get up and help you with that. Just like, give me just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we have dessert? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do that, though. Yeah, there's always room for ice cream. <laughs> Vasilisa and her father grieved their loss for a while. But one day, he met and married another woman. She had two daughters of her own. And of course, they were mean and petty as fuck. And really, the trio of them were. Like, they were the mean girls. Basically, some say that the daughters were ugly, but I think they were just plain looking. But it was their ugliness on the inside that made them more unattractive on the outside. And then there was Vasilisa. She was beyond beautiful and sweet. So the stepmother grew to hate her more because she thought her beauty would make it harder for her daughters to find husbands. And you know, daughters and marriage were basically currency. So they all cooked up a plan. They were going to work her to the bone and make her become frail and haggard. And the dad, he was gone away on business a lot, you know? So again, like you said, think Cinderella type shit. 
And the stepmother would say, come Vasilisa, where are you? Fetch the wood, don't be slow. Start a fire, mix the dough. Well, she a poet too. She was. She a bitch, but she a poet. Mm-hmm. A good one too. <laughs> and the stepsisters would chime in and they would add to it by saying, wash the plate, milk the cow, scrub the floor, hurry now. Damn, that must go in their family. Mm-hmm. And Vasilisa, with all of her sweetness and beauty, did as she was told. But their evil plan backfired. With each chore, it was like she became more beautiful than before if that was even possible, and they were stunned, pissed. This couldn't be. But here's the thing. Vassie, that's what we're going to call her now. She got those Madonna arms. Remember back in the day when Madonna came out one time and it was like, damn, where she got those arms? Like, you could tell she'd been doing like all the Pilates. Yeah, 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 yeah. She got the Madonna arms. (laughs) Yeah. Been lifting up all those mops. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. She would rise early in the morning and go milk the cow. You know, hurry now. And then she would go into the pantry and use some of that milk and feed it to her little doll. And while she fed the doll, she would pour out all of her troubles to the doll. And after Vassie was finished with her doll confessional, she would feel comfort and feel loved. And then when she would go back outside to finish a chore, she found that they were all done. Like the vegetable beds were weeded, the water was fetched, the fire was lit, and it was incredible. So it became her daily routine. So you see, they weren't working her to the bone. The doll was doing all the things like Merlin in Sword in the Stone, which to this day is what I really wish could happen. Well, that continued until one autumn day. And on this day, Vassie's father was sent away for work. And he was like, look, I'm not going to be back for a while. Y'all all take care of each other, you know, blah, 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 blah. So Vassie was kind of scared what was going to happen to her but she put her faith in the doll. However, luck was not on anyone's side as it rained for days and days and days, and they were running out of dry wood to burn in order to provide them light and warmth. Oh no. And apparently one night they were doing all the things and the stepmother was like, look, this last ember is going to go out soon and we need light. You need to go get light from Baba Yaga. And I know there was like a collective gasp in the room because people dared not speak her name because she was the well-known witch in the area. People feared her greatly. She lived in the forest that they lived on the edge of, but she lived deep, deep in the dense woods. But she was known to eat anyone who came to her house. So people didn't wander the woods alone because they were scared that they would get lost and end up at her house. And then, you know, mm, she needed a toothpick to get them out between her teeth. But Vassie didn't have a choice. She was forced into the dark night with the rain drenching her in a matter of minutes. She was shaking from being cold and wet, but more from the fear of death. A horrible, terrible, no good, very bad day death. But then she remembered her doll. And so she gave her doll some breadcrumbs she had in her pocket And she told her doll her worries. And the doll reassured her that nothing bad would happen while the doll was with her. So all Fassie went in search of fire from Baba Yaga. And as the sun was rising, she heard galloping behind her and saw a horse with a rider dressed in a a really dazzling white coat. And off he went and disappeared. And then as the sun began to fade later that day, she heard the galloping hooves again. And this time the horse that passed her 
had a rider who was wearing a dazzling red coat and again quickly disappeared off in the distance. And then the sun was no longer visible and it was night. Another rider galloped by her and his cloak was dark as night, very black. When this rider disappeared from her sight, she came to a clearing in the forest. It was dark, but she could see because it was lit by skulls with red eyes that were mounted on top of a fence made of human bones. Then she saw the wooden hut on chicken legs. The door creaked open slowly, and then a long bony nose appeared from the edge of the door. And then you could see a tall, skinny old crone of a woman. And the old lady sniffed and she said, I smell Russian flesh. Who dares approach my hut? So Vassie was like, it me. Um, I need a light for my stepmother. And Baba Yaga was like, okay, I'll give you light if you do some task for me first. But if you don't finish the task... Uh, I'll cook you in the oven and eat you for dinner. So Baba Yaga had Vassy do some task for her, and it was like tedious as fuck task, like sorting different seeds out of a giant pile, like all that kind of shit. But Baba Yaga gave her a piece of bread to eat before bed. Well, that was nice of her. I mean, nice. And not even trying to fatten her up like on uh, Hansel and Gretel. Right. Which, by the by, those kids were jerks. They came and ate her house. I know! Like, I get you're hungry and shit, but like, hey, you got any bread? Like, you ate her house. I know. I mean, at least knock on the door and see what's going on first. So, off Baba Yaga went to sleep. Vassy fed the bread to the little doll and told her all her worries. And the doll replied, do not be sad, do not weep. But close your eyes and go to sleep. Man, good artistry in this story. (laughs) And so she did. When she woke up, all the tasks were complete and Baba Yaga was angry because she wanted some Vassy soup for dinner. So she was like, "Mm -hmm, I'm not finished with the task. You have more to do. And, you know, she gave them to her. And of course, she finished them. Then the third day, she was like, okay, final task. Count the number of stars in the sky. Well, that's just impossible, ma'am. Mm-hmm. She said, if you're wrong, even by one number, I'm going to have you for breakfast. So, of course, that night when Baba Yaga went to bed, Vassie told her little doll and, you know, fed her all the things. And she magically knew the number when she woke up, told Baba Yaga, and she was Fifty Shades of Mad. But she did honor her word and she gave Vassie one of the skulls with red eyes that was lit. And she said, here is the light for your stepmother and your stepsisters. And then Baba Yaga also gave her some soup for her trek home. Well, was it people soup? I don't know. Well, finally, Vassie made it back home and her step fam, they were not thrilled. They were happy to have light, sure, but they didn't want her to succeed. You know, they knew that soon enough it would dry out. They could live all the things, but they wanted her to be murdered, to be eight if she got to... People soup. Yes, if she got there at all. Like, if, like she'll never make it. She'll never make it. And if she does, <laughs> we'll never have to worry about her again. But just when, like, 
you know, you could just see the scowls on their face. Just when you could see that, the light from the skull actually ignited her whole step fam on fire and they burnt to ashes. Well, that escalated quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, Vassy then, she buried the skull and she wandered into the city where she found a nice elderly lady who welcomed her in to stay. So one day, Vassy's weaving some cloth and she gave it to the older woman to sell and make some money. You know, she's like, look, this is the most I can do for you or the least or whatever she could do. I don't know. I don't know her abilities. But, you know, hey, go sell it. The older woman was like, no, this is fit for a king or czar. I think it was czar. And I'm going to take it to the palace. So she did. And the Tsarevich, or the eldest son of the emperor of Russia, he loved it so much. And he had to know who made it and to thank her for this beautiful, like, work of art. But then he saw Vassy. And something else had to say hello to her, too. You know, his little friend. And so he was like, well, got to wife her up, lower class or not. She fine and that needlework, though. So she moved to the palace with him. The older woman went, too. And when her father finally made it back. My God, how long was he gone? He was welcome to the palace, too. You know, because he had nothing really to return to. Shit moves fast in the old days, okay? You saw somebody you thought they were attractive, especially if you had money. You're like, sold. Bring her on home. True, but I mean, like, how long did it take her to weave that thing? Well, I don't know her skill level. I'm going to say it was a few weeks. Okay, okay. I'm going to say that. But, okay, so that was a longer story. Sorry. But... No, I loved it. Okay, good. Well, I hope y'all enjoyed it, but it just showed that even though Baba Yaga is not one to be trifled with, she is a woman of her word. Also, um, growing up, we called my dad's mom Baba. Yes, I thought about that the whole time. Very fitting. Yes, like seriously, I was like, because you said she was kind of militant. Well, she was military. Yeah, so I mean, like that was just her thing, and I was like, this fits. I wonder if this is why y'all called her Baba. No. But actually, like, her name has old, it comes from old Russian, I guess. And, well, duh. But it's meant to be, like, sorceress or later midwives were called Baba. And then it became a name for grandmothers. I was just about to say, isn't it? Like, just like grandma? Yeah. But but before, it was a more mystical origin. Now, for Yaga... It doesn't have a clear meaning, but some people say witch, evil woman. Others say it means snake. She's always portrayed to be a witch, an old woman, and sometimes thought to be a forest spirit. The thing is, she's the boogeyman. You know, your parents would use Baba Yaga to be like, hey, don't wander around. Don't leave here because this haggard, old, ugly lady who's hungry for you We'll get you if you're lost, if you don't obey all the things. Because ugly equals bad, pretty equals good. Mm-hmm. Air quotes. She's also called the bony one because of how skinny and frail she's depicted. And even her nose is so bony. Like how I said, like the first thing you saw was her nose from mm-hmm. the door. And some stories have it where she lays in bed and the nose hits the ceiling. Also, in like fairy tales like that... The bad person is always either really thin, like Cruella DeVille, or really big. Yeah. Well, you ruined my joke because I had Pinocchio could never, but thank you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Pinocchio could never. Exactly. 
<laughs> but yes, you're very right about that. Also, some versions say her teeth are made from iron. She gets around by using a mortar and pestle. So it's like a giant mortar bowl. And she uses the pestle as like the controller of the magic flying mortar. She does have a broom that's made from silver birch, but she uses it to sweep away any tracks that she has left behind. And like the stories I told earlier, she does live in the woods and she does live in a hut or house that has a pair of chicken legs that it stands on. Now, it's said that it was able to move in some of the stories and like you couldn't get into the house if basically like the the chicken legs would like squat, you know, and let you in. And then also they say the front door is a mouthful of sharp teeth. Because, you know, that's her aesthetic. She used human bones for a fence. I mean, white picket, that's so 2000 and late. Now, some versions of the stories are like, you can't see the door until you say a magical phrase. And it's turn your back to the forest, your front to me. Which, again, rotating the chicken legs would turn the house back mm -hmm. to the forest, front to you. So that sounds like complete fiction, but let me tell you, it actually could be a representation of huts by the hunter-gatherer tribes because they built huts like this to help preserve their supplies against animals when they would be like off, you know, hunting and gathering shit. So these huts would be doorless, windowless, log cabin type, and they were built on two stumps and over the time, they would have spreading roots, and it did give the impression of chicken legs, like large chicken legs. And the way they would enter the huts was through a trap door in the middle of the floor. So you know how they said, like, sometimes the door wasn't visible and all that? Like, that could have been from, like, her having a trap door, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean... It's not as far-fetched anymore. Like, when you're like, oh, this is where they took this from. Like, you can see it all coming together. I mean, besides the house turning and shit. But you know it's magical. Mm -hmm. Anyway, back to Baba Yaga. Um, and I've heard her name pronounced different ways. Like, one person said Baba Yaga. Like, Lady Gaga. <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. um, you said you had heard it. Baba Yaga. But I don't know if that was something different. Uh... But, of course, there's different ways, you know. Mine's Southern. Mine's my, I am my mama, okay? <laughs> Truth. Chupacabra. But she's said to have very strong magical powers, Baba Yaga. They say that she even commands a flock of geese. But these geese are black, and they will fly around the woods, circling, looking for children who are disobeying their parents. And if they wander too far into the forest, these geese will swoop down and carry them back to Baba's hut, and then they will become her dinner. There's a story, Baba Yaga's Black Geese, and in it, two siblings, Olga and Sergei, and basically, you know, while the cat's away, the mice will play, they snuck out while their mom was shopping at the market, and she said, do not leave this house under no circumstance. Well, disobedience must have an odor because those black geese were circling and cacawing and they snatched up Sergei, brought him back to be dinner. But Olga was able to save her brother with some magical items and the two made it back home and thankfully, you know, learned their lesson and were like, I will listen to you, mama, from now on. Convenient. Mm-hmm. I would have been like, geese, caca, come on back, which is why I don't have kids. So, you know, 
Baba Yaga shares many characteristics with the Slavic goddess of death. And because of this, a lot of people say like she has evil origins. And one origin story is that the devil was boiling eggs for potato salad. I just wanted to see Carrie's face. Nothing. No, <laughs> no. She's like, oh, tell me the recipe. Uh, like, literally, no, I just got over salmonella. I was like, uh, I hope it wasn't rotten. <laughs> but no, for real. <laughs> the devil was boiling 12 evil women in a cauldron because he wanted. Wait, that wasn't really what he was doing. No. <laughs> I just wanted to see you being like, what? <laughs> Not me being like, oh, okay. I'm just hungry with potluck or something. This motherfucker won't believe anything, but she'll believe that the devil was boiling eggs. Oh, well, deviled okay. eggs. <laughs> deviled eggs. Oh, okay. Whew. Okay, back to him boiling 12 evil women in a cauldron because he wanted to create an essence of evil. And the last ingredient was his own spit, which, ew. Disgusting. But he added it. And when he did, Baba Yaga arose from the cauldron. But here's the thing. Baba Yaga is not just one dimensional. You can't just say she's an evil character because she isn't pure evil. We could tell in the story about Vasilisa, like she might do bad things, but she will help those with pure heart and she'll hurt people who do bad things to you. And people with a pure heart with a little doll in their pocket that give them all the answers. <laughs> if she didn't have that doll in her pocket and she was just happy to see her, then she'd be fucked because <laughs> she would not have all those answers. That was good. Thanks. She literally set her up to fail, though. How many fucking Uh stars are there? Ma'am, okay. Uh Uh-huh. How you know? (laughs) Infinite. (laughs) Well, also, she writes some wrongs. You know, she really only kills and devours the peeps who disturb her slumber, for one, which you understand. I was going to say, totally get. I'm behind you there, girl. <laughs> Knock on her door. Wander too close to her house. I mean, I got a ring doorbell for something. I don't want <laughs> If I don't know who you are, I ain't coming. Right? I mean, she's got a lot of layers, like an onion, like Shrek said. But it seems like if you're polite, good at heart, you'll survive Baba's test. And then also, like, she she was cheeky with the, here's a light for your stepmom and your stepsisters. For real. Uh-huh. Because she knew... They were fucking evil. She helped Vassy get rid of her, like, tormentors. And then she went on to live in the palace and all the things. And gave her plausible deniability. She's like, I was really trying to <laughs> give her a fucking light. True. <laughs> now, there's also people who say Baba Yaga is a feminist icon because she rejected society's ideals of women and did her own thing. Instead of having children, she ate them. Hear that. <laughs> But she was still maternal in a way. Again, like, yeah, she ate children, but it was only the bad ones. (laughs) It was only for their good. Okay, I wouldn't go that far with whatever that last idea was you had, but. Uh, No, I'm just joking. But, you know, also, she didn't marry anyone. She was independent. She didn't put anyone else's needs above her own. Yeah. Kind of to a fault. Yeah. I'm not saying. And that's why they made her a, uh. An old crone. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, people say, you know, like, it's like, fucking be Baba Yaga if you want to. Like, do your own thing. Go your own way. Just don't eat the children. But swallow them all you want. Uh, just so y'all know, 
Carrie did not get that joke. Yes, I did. I was trying to no, in my, listen no, in my no, head on the TikTok. You did not get that joke. Okay, but in my head just then, I did get it because I was trying to relate it back to that part in Legally Blonde where she said reckless abandonment. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just okay, saying. One time I didn't get a fucking calm joke, and I can never live it down. Okay, that's not the only time. Let's just be honest. <laughs> So, to me, Baba Yaga is like the evil fairy godmother, basically. Is she? She is. Okay. She can do good, but she can do bad just the same. So, be careful what you wish for, and don't stray far from your house into the woods. Don't disobey your parents. Okay, maybe not the best thing to say, because that Dateline episode of uh, My Girl was called In the Woods. Okay. (laughs) But let's just bring it right back to my story that way, huh? But before we do... We got to talk about care of their back with their cute little packaging. Cute little packaging. It's so cute. You go up an octave. Care of is back and just in time for summer because people are getting outside. You know, people who like to do outdoorsy things. But she didn't say her. Exactly. She said people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't get it twisted. But people who, you know, are going on vacation you don't want to always have to have your pill minders. And maybe you're not 80 like me, and you have a pill minder. <laughs> Wait, they're called pill minders? Oh, maybe they're not. <laughs> I think you made that up, but... <laughs> you know, the weekly... <laughs> yeah, the weekly, like, pill container things. I, I don't called... know what I call them, but I don't know that I call them pill minders. I've never heard that in my <laughs> life, but I'm here for it. Well, if you don't want to do that, you don't have to with this. Like, if, if this is all you take... Well, one, you walk in the light, but two, all you have to do is grab a handful of these packets. They're daily, and you tear it open and take it. You take it like you want it. <laughs> Sorry, but take it. <laughs> so how do you know what to take before Donna shoves it down your throat? Not her personal life. You got to go online, and you got to take this quiz. It's kind of an in-depth quiz, but it's not like, boy, vey, how many more questions? It's just like... Hey, tell us a little bit about your lifestyle, your health goals, everything so that care of can make personalized recommendations so that you can take the guesswork out of what supplements are best for you. And you know what? If you're like me, a Leo, you don't mind answering questions about yourself because you know it's going to customize it to your individual self. If you're like me, you have no time for that kind of stuff. Well, it's short enough and there's a means to an end so that you know that you're getting the good good on the end. Right. So you got to do it. See, I do have a pill minder. <laughs> Maybe that's not it, but... I, I do, too. When I have my once-a-week refill of it, mm-hmm. I just tear the packets and drop them in. Oh, that's but not what I do. Just because that's... If they're all there together, because I take a lot of pills, you know? Why did you go so deep? <laughs> I take a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's her throat after she swallows them all. <laughs> not her personal life. <laughs> really? But seriously... So if you're thinking, no, I do have something that sorts my pills, that's okay. Because you can do like me. You can just tear into it and be like, oh, hey, they personalized this. But then dump it into your organizer. Um, What I would do is because I don't have nighttime pills. So I would take my daytime pills for my pill minder. And then I use my care of at night. And it's just drink. Ooh, okay. So if you want in on this action... And you want 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter code CREEP50. And y'all, this is quality, quality vitamins and supplements. So, like Carrie said, for 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com. 
dot com and enter code creep five zero. That's T A K E C A R E O F dot com and enter code creep fifty. C R E E P five O like the popo. <laughs> okay, now that you're taking care of yourself, because we are too, let's get back to the story. And this is what I had to say about Lizzie and how you were like, that kind of goes into the woods and all the things, you know, wrapping it back up. If you don't remember from the, I'm going back to the thing about Lizzie, the thing about Lizzie and Baba Yaga's thing, Lizzie was a good person, but she was not like doing anything wrong. She was in the right. She was living her life and an evil person came up and stole her away. For sure. But then Baba Yaga gets these little gremlins that come see her in the woods and try to eat her house. And she's like, quit eating my house. And they're like, we don't want to. Well, that's Hansel and Gretel. Close enough. They are coming to her house and taking shit. Mm -hmm. And she's like, stop it. I'm going to just say... Even though I would want to eat, because that house really did look good on that one Hansel and Gretel I watched. It looked so good. But um, I wouldn't have ate the house without asking, okay? But if I came across Baba Yaga's with the human bones and the skulls and all the things, I'd be like, "Mm, I'm going to say no on this. I'm just going to try to, like, Homer Simpson back my way into the bush. For real. Like, no, thank you. Like, not today, Satan. Mm-mm. Whew. At least mine, even though it was like, you know, cannibalism in a way. I mean, not in a way, but you know, whatever. Uh, it lightened the mood because your story was sad. And your story was sad, but had a happy ending that that she is super fucking strong and went on to live her life and not let that define her. That's so true. She really did, like end up having a very happy life it seems and really trying to help other victims like she does a lot of interviews she's done a lot of shows and and it doesn't seem like ick you know how sometimes it's like especially when it's like a parent parading Mm -hmm. out a kid it's like no you really think that she's trying to help people who are victims or prevent people from becoming victims or if they are teach them how to get themselves out of situations like she did that's the thing she has a unique perspective because she was a 14 year old who outsmarted this man and you know just could read the room and adapted and so that adaptability really saved her life and like honestly saved her life because those people outed that that text you know like I'm just so thankful that she didn't die because of that if Lizzie wasn't able to adapt to that and be able to play on his weaknesses and stuff she would have died that's so true there's no telling like what was his end game like where was he expecting to go with this how long did he think he was going to be able to keep her down there it's not like it's like that fritzel case where he kept his daughter in the basement and like made it into a fucking apartment like there's like a kitchen and a bathroom and all that you right. didn't like that yeah gosh that's you know we talked about that time that the kids on the school bus mm-hmm. were taken and like being in that makeshift bunker Mm -hmm. and stuff like and how scary that would be just thinking about her i know like oh my gosh and because she wasn't alone 
you know, like all the time because he was down there, but like it's him. It's not like it's like those kids in the bunker where they have each other to comfort right. one another. It's like, no, it's him. It's the person who's abusing you. It's the person who's torturing you and tormenting you. That's not comforting at all. Like, exactly. She'd probably rather be by herself. Oh, so scary. Well, thank y'all so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like, subscribe, review, all the things, and remember. Creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.